Hello, and welcome to Check It Out at EVPL, a podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your host, Alan. And today we will be interviewing a few other employees about their favorite books. We'll get to them in just a little bit, but first, Aaron, how are you doing today? Last month was spooky season, and I'm going to be riding the coattails of that for a while, but also pretty excited about the uh, Thanksgiving coming up as well. Really looking forward to getting together with my family and just creating some new memories and enjoying some good food. Definitely a lot of fun stuff coming up in the fall. Uh, I love that the weather's getting cooler, that it's time to get out the sweaters and like the nice warm drinks. It's very exciting to me. I am so, so pumped for like some uh, some hot apple cider just sitting outside on the porch. Listen to the crinkling of the leaves. Uh, nothing beats it. Well, do you want to get to our first interview? Yeah, sounds great. Hello, everyone. We have Jamie from Macaulay here. Jamie, how's it going? I'm doing well. It's uh, I'm loving this fall weather. It's my favorite time of year. Oh, yeah. I put on a hoodie for the first time this weekend. I, I cry tears of joy. I mean, my husband looks forward every year to when he can put his nice cozy bathrobe back on in the evening. So since obviously we both are big fans of fall, and I personally do have a lot of solid memories about the season, uh, but to kind of tie into the library, you know, one of the things that I think has the strongest connection to memories is what we read. So what to you is the strongest memory you have uh, per something you've read before? Well, I've, I've always been a reader. As soon as I was able to read, that's what I was doing. And so I do have a lot of good, strong memories with my reading. But my favorite is um, this happened, oh, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, my children were 9 and 13 and 15. And we were actually living in China at the time. And so it was, I wanna, I'm want to. i trying to remember the time of year it was. I want to say around November. And we had okay. traveled up from where we normally live to this really, really remote village. And it was cold. These were, these were houses that didn't have things like central heat and things like that. We're just, just wood-built houses, and they were really cool. And down in the kitchen, you'd have, like, this little open fire that you would sit around when you were not off doing whatever. And it was really, really cold. <laughs> and so... I would always read aloud with my kids, and we were currently going through the series, The Little House on the Prairie Books, and we happened to be reading the book, The Long Winter, and it was cold, and we were cold, and the smoke from sitting close to the fire was starting to give us headaches, and the electricity kept going out, so we went up to the bedroom, and we just huddled under blankets, and we had, we're reading by candlelight, because again, the electricity kept going out, and we read The Long Winter together. And that is just, I think, one of my favorite memories, just that we were like, felt like we were inside the story because of how very cold it was as we were reading that story. But it was also such a cozy connection with just us all huddled together reading by candlelight. So that's my favorite story and memory of reading. Oh, that's awesome. This is a terrible analogy to make, but it reminds me of the 4D rides at like some of those theater parks where you... Uh, you go through the rapids and they like splash water in your face. Yeah. But this is, this that. sounds a lot better than that. I mean, it was so much fun. It's, it's, I don't know if my children remember it as strongly as I do, but it's definitely a favorite family memory for me. And how long do you guys live in China? We were there for eight years. Oh, okay. It was a memorable experience. 
So, uh, Jamie, what are you currently reading then? Uh, currently, I'm reading uh, one book for a book club that I'm hosting at McCullough, uh, The 13th Tale by Diana Sutterfield. I haven't actually gotten very far into it, but it's laying the nice groundwork for a very gothic-y, mysterious tale. So it's perfect seasonal type of reading right now. And I'm also reading The Sisters of the Winter Wood by Rena Rossner. I have recently fallen in love with these um, young adult and adult tales that are, they're like fairy tales, but they're more than the three bears. You know, they're more than Red Riding Hood. They might even take elements from those stories, but it's just much more um, involved and nuanced. And so the sisters in this tale came from parents that one was actually someone who turned into a swan and the other into a bear. And now that they're coming of age, they this was not something they knew before about oh. themselves. And now that they're coming of age, one is sh- starting to find those shape-shifting abilities of a bear and the other of a swan. And they're navigating all this within this Russian community that they live in far away. <laughs> so it's really quite fascinating. I, I get really pulled in by those kind of tales. That sounds really interesting. So if someone wants to get involved with the book club, how could one do so? Reach out to myself or anyone at McCullough Library. We meet the second Wednesday of every month. So the next time we're meeting up will be November 10th, and we'll be starting a new book at that time and discussing the one that we've just finished, which is, of course, the 13th tale. And have you guys picked the new book yet? or I'm, I'm kind of letting the group evolve a little bit to see what their tastes lie. Uh, the first two I picked myself based on, you know, what I wanted to read. <laughs> I want to get a consensus of the group and let the group kind of dictate what our theme will be a little bit. So once we have a respectable amount of people, I'm going to do a little mini survey and say, hey, what what is our reading track going to be? So we have not yet picked out a December title, but I may be picking one soon, depending on when or if that conversation takes place. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, thank you very much, Jamie. It's a pleasure to be here. Audra here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ellen. How are you? I am pretty dang good. So we're here today to talk about um, some books. Now, is there a book series that you loved so much you've read it multiple times? There are actually several things. Um, I can be a little bit obsessive in rereading or even rewatching things. Um, so there's two categories, really. I like to go back and redo things like classics or things I've had to read for school at different times. Um, because as you get older, I think that you get different things out of it. Books that I remember really liking, I no longer do. Sorry, The Giver. Um, and books that I could barely make it through for projects I can appreciate more now. And I also read a lot of pop fiction um, kind of obsessively as newer things have come out. So like shamefully, you know, we got Midnight Sun and I had to reread all of Twilight in one weekend. Um, I don't think that's shameful. Yeah, same for the Hunger Games, you know. (laughs) Anytime I, like, remember that Harry Potter exists, I get in that mood. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those popular things. Do you think there's a string connecting those series that you 
that make you want to reread them? I think it's more impulsive as I see like newer things or if I come across a classic um, or someone mentions it. Yeah, I think that it's mostly when it's at the top of mind or some of them uh, might be seasonal too. You know, Harry Potter is when I get that week off vacation or (laughs) that kind of stuff. So yeah, you definitely need a full week to make it through all the Harry Potters. Yeah. What about you? Is there anything you keep going back to? There are a few that I keep going back to. I definitely think of them as comfort books, kind of like comfort food. Yeah. Um, Pride and Prejudice is one. Um, I've always just thought it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Another is the Graceling series by Kristen Kishore. There's now four books in that, and every time I see her mentioned, I have to go and start rereading one of them. Yeah, that's its own problem, too, as I said, as Series that are still um, being written and in production, I am the worst about going back to the beginning. I'm dreading the next uh, book of Outlander because <laughs> that's going to be about a month of going back to square one. So They're big books <laughs> too, other. aren't they? Yeah, definitely. They're um, some Game of Thrones size, thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of pages. So, But they're definitely worth the read, especially if you're fans of the show. Mm-hmm. Were you a book fan first or a show fan first? I am diligently a book fan first. Um, and I sometimes even get mad at myself if I've watched something and then realize it's a book because you've spoiled the book from then on. And I love being able to compare when you read the book first. So I definitely get that. I feel like when I was uh, in school, I had to read the book first. And now that I'm a little older it's like yeah whatever happens happens yeah I definitely if I can um like the chance to make my own mental images you know yeah are there any books that you read seasonally besides um like Harry Potter and kind of the fall months is there like a winter pick or like a summer read that you go back to every year I don't think that there's something that I go back to but I definitely do read seasonally um and I'm in a couple book clubs so that kind of goes along with it that they tend to trend towards the season so um right now I'm doing a juvenile kind of horror book it's Night Books by J.A. White which actually just came out on Netflix so again book first and then I'll get to that hopefully before Halloween um but I try to read a lot from our juvenile collection because I work in the kids department and other than that I'm in school right now so it's just lots of academic articles oh yes I am the same way right now so if you don't have like a seasonal go-to for every season do you have a trope that you have to read every season I definitely read a horror um for Every October, I do occasionally do a guilty beach read romance. I'm not quite big on romance, but if Again, I get a no summer shame. vacation. Yeah. I think it just kind of depends because I typically have more free time in the fall or the winter. So I mm-hmm. can get into some of those deeper things or like the mystery books, the psychological thrillers, rather than um, just the really quick reads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, summer also, like, when it's so nice out, you don't want to spend all your time getting really deep into, like, heavy literature. So definitely I get the beach read summer romance kind of thing. Yeah. You said you're reading something for a book discussion right now, Night Books? 
Yeah, um, so that's actually our central library staff just started a genre study book discussion just for the staff, unfortunately, but we're hoping that it'll help us better serve the public when they're asking for those recommendations. Oh, so that's pretty cool. We're going to do a different genre each month, and we'll have lots of recommendations coming to you. Yeah, so we can all look forward to finding those enhanced recommendations is what you're saying. Yep, definitely. Um, And most of the central staff is a part of that, so you can come and see us. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us here today. Yeah, thanks, Ellen, for having me. Yeah, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Hey there, we have Alex from Reed in the Central Library with us today. How's it going, Alex? It's going pretty good. How about you? (laughs) Oh, it's going great. Like I said before, fall weather is finally starting to hit, and I could not be happier. Oh, me too. Uh, Especially the way I dress most times. Uh, I probably should kind of downplay to a t-shirt and maybe something shorter, but I like to look professional and I like to, you know, get the tie going and whatnot. You know, (laughs) I'm working on seasonal ties and stuff. So now that it's getting cooler, I'm hoping to advance to like sweater stage, you know, and like Mr. Rogers style and whatnot. So... At least that's the goal. Sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's leveling up. So, so yeah. yeah. So seasonal ties. You have like pumpkins. You have. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that the week, uh, the last full week of October, um, I'll, I got a uh, tie with pumpkins on it. And I got another tie with like cobwebs and spiders and stuff. Uh, those are the only two really. Um, I have an orange tie, but I feel like the dress shirts that I have just don't match with it well. I mean, this probably could. This white shirt that I'm wearing, by the way, to give everybody a visualization (laughs) as to what I'm wearing. Um, But honestly, yeah, beyond that, Christmas, though, is going to be like, there's going to be like a new tie every other day. So (laughs) I got so many Christmas ties and I'm a tie guy. I don't know what it is about ties, but yeah, it's just become a thing, (laughs) especially Um, now that I'm working this job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, it's probably too soon to talk about this, but real quickly, you got any ugly sweaters to rock in Christmas time? Oh, man. Uh, I do. I have like a sweater vest where it's, you know, it's got like Rudolph and Christmas tree. It's not really like... You know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't have like a whole bunch of stuff going on with it, but it is an, uh, technically an ugly sweater vest. Um, and then I have another sweater that I actually I can't really wear to work, but it, it's, you know, it's got like uh, Michelob, you know, on it and whatnot. So uh, although <laughs> it is one of those like contemplations where I'm like, could I get away with it? No, <laughs> I, I not not in the Reed Center, at least. No, because I, I don't want some kid looking at me going, what does that mean? And, you know. That would be bad, but uh, yeah, now, those are the only two. I need to I need to work on my my ugly sweater game, big time. <laughs> yeah, the ties I've got, the sweaters no. So I will say on the ties, I don't have anything like really spiffy or like special. I have a Space Jam tie from when I was in fourth grade. Oh, that's great. We'll never get rid of that. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> so I guess so nostalgic. Yeah. So yeah. I guess we should probably talk about the thing that came here. To talk right. About today. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Chapter four. <laughs> oh, no pun intended. Okay. But yeah. So, Alex, um, you know, of course, working at the library, it's usually assumed that you are a lover of books. So I was just curious, what's your top three favorite books? My top three. If you can, if you can, like, actually limit it to three. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Well, actually, really, three is enough, honestly, as far as, like, uh, all-time favorites. Um, But I will start with number one. Um, It's called Shadow of the Wind, and it's by a Spanish author named... I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. Carlos Ruiz Safon, I think is how you pronounce it. I, I'm terrible with it, but 
I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. But anyway, uh, it's called The Shadow of the Wind. It's uh, set back after uh, it's like post uh, Spanish Civil War time. Uh, and it's set in Barcelona, Spain, you know, during that time. So we're talking like okay. sometime after 1945, you know, after the great World War II. And this uh, main character, Daniel, his father takes him to this place called the Cemetery of Forgotten Books. And it's about all these books that have hence been forgotten. And he sees this one book sticking out at the end of this bookshelf. And it's called The Shadow of the Wind by this guy named Julian Carax. I think is how you pronounce it. And he's just so fascinated by Juliet's history of, you know, him writing these other books and uh, how he became this mysterious figure who just disappeared one day. And then there's somebody out there burning his books and they're trying to find out who it is. And it's it's definitely a big mystery book, but the way that it's written is so well done. Um, I mean, it's so beautifully written as far as like there, there's this one homeless character that Daniel befriends. And I think you I think you pronounce his name Florence. I think is what it's pronounced. But anyway. He talks about, like, fascination with women and, you know, he's he's very, um, how do I put this, pretty perverted type character, you know, like he, he's he's very perverted, but, he, but he's also very comical. But the way that the author writes him is brilliant. Anyway, that's Shadow of the Wind. I highly recommend it. Um, I know I know we have it at pretty much all the branches because I looked it up. I wanted to make sure so I can make it a recommendation. Great, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, my second book, um, as far as, like, number two is The Great Gatsby. Uh, timeless. Uh, I love it. I've always loved it ever since we had to read it in high school, you know, it was part of the curriculum. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm really interested in it. And then we sat there and we listened to uh, Tim Robbins, uh, the, you know, the actor mm -hmm. uh, read it. And uh, he actually did a pretty good job, like uh, differentiating the characters and all. I just, I love that book. I just love the mystery of Gatsby and, you know, uh, the buildup of, you know, revealing his story and similar to like Shadow of the Wind and about the author Julian Carrox. My third book, last but not least, um, is uh, uh, Animal Farm. Yeah, George, I, it's, it's one of those books, uh, George Orwell, but it's one of those books where it's just like about, you know, it's so political, it, it breaks it down, but it breaks it down in a very simplistic way about, you know, animals on a farm and you know the pigs are the police and whatnot and it, it's it's i don't know what it is about that book but i i could reread it many times over and over again i just love it so yeah. that was one of my personal favorites back in high school too. oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and again other high school read and, yeah. yeah i just got captivated by actually it. i was a nerd i sought that out on my own oh okay I okay i remember tnt had like a uh, tv movie oh yeah of that. yeah i was just like oh well i better read the movie before i uh read the movie right okay. yeah. <laughs> no but i uh yeah <laughs> read the book before i watch the movie oh yeah um yeah um and also i'm a big uh pink floyd fan and they they came out with uh that album animals you know that's basically animal farm but in an album a pink floyd album oh i didn't know that yeah it's it's uh it's almost like if uh pink floyd just said hey we're gonna kind of go with like the grateful dead routine and just do all these really like you know 15 minute long songs and stuff and just kind of yeah but it's it's really good. But I remember my dad would play that album because he's a big Pink Floyd fan, and and then that connected me to Animal Farm a little bit more. You know, when I knew about it, I went, "Ooh, that's fascinating." I love a good concept album. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, <laughs> that's another recommendation. Uh, Pink Floyd Animals. If you want to listen to it, it's pretty good. All right, awesome. awesome. Thank you. So, what are you reading currently? Right now, I am reading what's called The Fifth Heart. It's about uh, Sherlock Holmes, and he goes on this investigation of the murder of this uh, character named uh, Clover Adams, who is the niece of John Adams. So part part of the, the Adams family, 
you know, of the time. Yeah. So like John oh, Adams, okay. the pre- yeah, the president yeah. and he's investigating the death of, uh, this Clover Adams character. And, um, and it, it's, it's, it's a mystery. I mean, it's a huge, it's, so far it's, it's, it's getting there. It's, it's not captivating me as much as I was hoping for. Cause I'm a big murder mystery type guy, you know, Agatha Christie all the way is, is really, you know, how I am. So this book, it's got its Christieisms, if you will, you know, it's got, it's got moments of like, Ooh, that's an interesting clue there. Ooh, that's an, you know, it, it keeps you guessing, but it, it really keeps doing these big flashbacks off and on. So, um, you know, it, it just kind of goes back and forth a lot, uh, at, at least for the first uh, five chapters. And I'm just kind of like, uh, it, 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 it might get better. I don't know. So <laughs> up to revisit, revisit this with you up later. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll plug in like a random episode where it's like, by the way, Alex liked the book guys. Yes. Yes. Just, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it actually did. It, it, yeah. Because <laughs> right now it's not convincing me, but. I feel like with some of the greatest books I've ever read, that's usually how it starts. You know, it goes from, uh, I'm not convinced. And then there's usually like a certain pivotal turn, you know, in the book right. where it's like, all right, okay, that's good. That's clever. And yeah. So. Yeah. It's like, you know, they always say, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Don't yeah. judge a book until you've read the whole thing too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get to a certain point because yeah. you never know. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like that's what's probably going to happen with this book. Cause I, I've heard really great reviews about it. Uh, the fifth heart. And um, even the the book cover is it's all blue and it's got this shadowy character on the front and it's very haunting looking and I thought ooh that's really interesting I, I want to check that out and I read the you know the synopsis and everything and seemed like an interesting book so that's what I'm reading right now and uh, like I said hopefully it does get better <laughs> so yeah all right Alex well thanks very much for joining us today. thank you all right. So we're here now with Ryan. Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am, my name is Ryan. I work at Central in the Outreach Department. Uh, We are a department that tries to get EVPL resources out into the community, uh, places in need. Uh, We do all sorts of different events. We were in the Fall Festival Parade. And uh, if anyone's ever interested, you can just check the website and have us request to go out to anywhere that might need us. That sounds pretty cool. I assume even though you may not work directly with books every day, you're still a fan of reading. I'm a huge fan of reading. I've been doing it for most of my life. Um, And I actually, part of my job as outreach is I work with uh, daycares and preschools. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, I have to curate crates of materials uh, for a bunch of like zero to five-year-old kids. So last month I read about 400 kids books. My brain was pretty much mush. Do you have like a favorite kids book or are you just so beyond that right now? I I don't want to read it right now, but yeah, I do have a favorite. Uh it's Hop on Pop by Dr. Seuss. That is a good one. Yeah, my uh my dad was the one that read to us as kids. And he had all the voices down. You know, we get to bounce up and down and stuff. He he do all sorts of great stuff. And he always they always say my parents that they had no idea what they were doing. But when I started working here, and, you know, they, they say, uh, you know, the Every Child Ready to Read program with the writing, reading, uh, singing, all those skills they try and build, my parents were doing all of it. So, yeah, yeah, that, they, yeah. they know what's up. I definitely was read a lot of Dr. Seuss growing up. My favorite book was Fox and Socks. That's definitely a good one. Yeah, and my dad had it memorized so he could read it perfectly every single time, and it was very impressive to me as a four-year-old. Have you discovered the YouTuber that raps... Dr. Seuss yet? I have seen uh, the Walk It in My Pocket. I've not seen 
anything else? Is it that guy? Um, I'll have to, I'll I'll send you the link, but he does an amazing Fox and uh, socks. I my wife listened to it. She was impressed. She's not a Dr. Seuss fan, but she was still impressed. Okay, we definitely need to put that in the show notes too. <laughs> so, apart from kids' books, do you have a favorite author or genre? So I'd say throughout my life, I've kind of evolved with my reading. Um, as a kid, genre, uh, you know, just the silly stuff, Dr. Seuss and all that. And then as I got a little older, um, still fantasy, I think, was my big go-to. Uh, I think the first serious book that I read was uh, Gulliver's Travels by John oh, yeah. Swift. I read that when I was like 14 or 15. I wasn't quite ready for it, uh, but... I mean, my vocabulary afterwards was amazing, so that's good. Uh, and I've read it a couple more times, so I really like that one. But uh, as I've gotten older now, I'm 32, and I really like fantasy fiction. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my go-to staple. I've got a group of friends that we all read pretty much the same thing, and we'll do a little book discussion. So it's really fun. Um, my current obsession in that genre is the Name of the Wind series. Okay, by, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, it's probably my favorite fantasy fiction and probably the best one to be written in about the past 10 years. Mm, Actually, it's okay. probably long, longer than that now. Uh, the unfortunate part is it's a trilogy, and he's working on the last book for the past 12 years. <laughs> does that beat the record for George R.R. R. Martin? I, I think it does, okay. actually. Um, but he, he, it'll come eventually. I, I believe, I hope, one day I will finish the trilogy. I hope so, too. So you're kind of more of a fan of that high fantasy, like the really complex worlds? Very much so. I'm a huge fan of world building. Mm-hmm. Um, I started pretty early. My brother is seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. I got his hand-me-down books. And, of course, he had the entire Lord of the Rings series, um, some Dragonlance stuff, like D&D-based fantasy fiction. So I just perused it. Of course, he was 18, I was 11. I wasn't quite up for the challenge, but eventually I got through. I think the Fellowship of the Ring took me about a year to get through. Yeah, those tend to be a little draining. I went back to it, and I'm, I'm like, did he seriously have like five pages devoted to a single song? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did, but it was amazing. Okay, if you've read Lord of the Rings and you're into high fantasy, have you read The Silmarillion? I attempted to. I read a synopsis is the best I could do. So I, I know all the cool stuff that happens, but I didn't actually read the material, I have to admit. I've only ever met one person who has read all the way through the Silmarillion, and it was a classmate of mine, and we were having a discussion about it, and he left the room and came back five minutes later to correct a point that he had made. So I feel like once you read the Silmarillion, you become maybe a little bit insufferable. I don't know if it's a requirement, but I mean, if you did that much work to get through that book, you probably want to share as much as you can. Yeah, that's fair. Did you have a book that made you really fall in love with that kind of genre, or was it just little things? I don't think it was a book in particular that got me into it. I think it was seeing my family, um, who pretty much all the same reading taste as me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my brother was seven years older. He was he liked fantasy fiction. My dad is actually a huge fan as well. So I think um, almost via osmosis, I developed their enjoyment of the genre. It's, it's pretty hard to get into uh, pretty early because it's complicated. There's a lot of world building mm-hmm. involved, and you have to have a really good imagination. So, you know, it, it took a while, but by 14, 15, I was primed to go. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
do you read any fantasy that's like lighter on world building like the kind of pop fiction fluffy stuff where maybe not everything lines up my wife is a huge fan of twilight Ah. So I have had to read that, and I enjoyed it. It you know, it's it's lighter. So that was a nice break um, from the. I also read a lot of Brandon Sanderson, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's those books are twelve hundred pages of world building. So I, I, my wife tried it, and she's like, "No, can't, no thanks, can't do it." Yeah, there is kind of a point when they get that long that it becomes a little bit too much for a lot of people. Yeah, the, what was the famous uh, Tolkien phrase? The distant mountains. Have you heard that or that quote? I don't remember about his writing how uh, you should always write about the distant mountains that they're interesting enough but you never reach them mm. so as reading uh, fantasy fiction you know once everything's been explained mm-hmm. you can lose interest so you always got to keep it kind of far away yeah okay is there anything else you're currently reading right now uh, currently reading, I don't know if my brain can handle it because of all the children's books that my job was requiring me to read but uh, I mean. I've I've got you know I've done the little blue truck, the very hungry caterpillar, the mm-hmm. classics. So that's on my list is to just read the classic children's book. But that's mainly for the kids that I work with. Mm, okay, do the kids you work with have any favorites? They're pretty young. They can't really read or write. So I mean, they, <laughs> as long as I'm acting goofy and silly and having fun, they they love it. Yeah, they'll listen to whatever uh, you oh, read yeah, them. I could probably get some of Tolkien's work in there, and as long as I'm acting crazy, they love it. Yeah. Well, is there anything you want to promote from the outreach team? Well, typically uh, November and December, a little slower with the outreach events, you know, with it getting cold outside. So we don't have a ton of events planned currently, uh, but we've got big plans for 2022. So just keep an eye out on the website. We should be announcing everything that's coming uh, in the next couple of months. Okay, that sounds really exciting. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Ellen. And this was so much fun. What if I were to get interested in podcasting, but I didn't have the equipment? Is there somewhere, possibly a building or organization in Evansville that I could use such equipment? Well, actually, we are recording right here in EVPL's very own makerspace. All of this equipment will be available to patrons starting soon. Wow, that's amazing. I'll have to check it out. Hey, everyone. Uh, right now, we have Stacy, the Reed Center supervisor here with us. How's it going, Stacy? Oh, things are going great. So, Stacey, um, from what I understand, you yourself were a very reluctant reader. What got you into the reading game? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I actually uh, have a learning disability, and so not only was I a reluctant reader, but learning for me to read was very, very hard. So my dad always had books in the house. He wanted to be an English teacher, so we always had reading material around. And my brother was an avid reader. I hung out with the comic books. I could, you know, love to look at the pictures and, you know, could tell the story from there, wrote, memorized some of the storylines. Um, but I really was a struggling reader, and I, you know, usually when I tell the story, I say I couldn't read up until about sixth grade. Well, that's not true. I mean, I could read, but I was not a very fluid or very good reader. And it was about that time my best friend in, in elementary school was moving to Texas. And as she was moving, she was trying to get rid of stuff, and she gave me a annotated copy of Treasure Island. 
And it's like, okay, I would not ever give a reluctant reader that hard of a book to start off with. But it was annotated, which means, you know, the little margins had, you know, like if they talked about a doubloon, then there's a picture of doubloon and the definition of the doubloon in the, in the margins. And I took all summer, and I struggled, and I struggled, but it took me three months, and I got through that book. And having finished that, it's like, I'm a reader now. <laughs> and the following summer, it took me three months to get through the very first Tarzan the Ape Man book by Grice Burroughs. And so between those two books, and I usually have to think to remember which one came first, those two books made me a reader. So um, if you flip the script now, what books would you recommend to help encourage a reluctant reader? I've worked with a lot of reluctant readers in my time, and to me it's the right book for the right person at the right time. You've probably in library land, we use that expression a lot. Um, everybody's got a book that's their hook book. And it's like, what was the book that really got you into reading? And it's different for everybody. So when I come across a reluctant reader, and I get a lot of them down in the Children's Center, um, we, we kind of do a variation of the reader's advisory interview. You know, what kind of video games do you play? What kind of television shows do you watch? Are you into sports? And you kind of get a feel for where their interests are. You know, a kid that's into sports might like a book about sports. Um, they might like a nonfiction book about sports. If sometimes a reluctant reader, it's just the type of books that they're being offered Oh, and I know in school, it's often for free time that's fiction, and a lot of times, especially boys, would rather read the nonfiction for their free time. So it's giving them the freedom to explore and experiment with different types of books. And then I always do fall back on my background was the comic book, so thank God we have graphic novels and a good solid graphic novel collection. So you can usually hook kids in that way with the pictures. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical on this. Sure, sure. I come in and um, my family has banned reading. Um, turns out there's a very ugly history there. Um, led to lots of, um, lots of uh, financial hardships. So now my family has banned reading. Um, so I come up to you, I'm like, I'm really into video games. Specifically, I like the ones where you uh, skateboard. So video games and skateboarding, what would you recommend? Okay, I do know that Matt Christopher has got, he does a lot of different sport books. He's kind of old school a bit at this point. But he has some that are um, with a skateboarding theme to it. Uh, that's off the top of my head. I would actually go to the catalog and see if I can find anything more current than that. But I know, like, even a Tony Hawk's biography, you know, he's still, you know, in the world enough that kids know who I'm talking about. So I'm not that old. Oh, but I would <laughs> find, uh, I know we've got books on video games. There's the how-tos, how to do them better, how to, you know, especially if it's Roblox or Minecraft. Um, but I also have, like, in Minecraft, I also have fiction novels, novelizations of, you know, the diary of a creeper kind of thing. And so um, I can take that one a couple different ways. But your question was kind of two-parters. Not only what would I recommend to this, you know, video game skateboarding loving, you know, reluctant reader, but I wouldn't even categorize them as a reluctant reader if you said the family banned reading. That's a different issue. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, you, you got to get books in their hands, but they also have to have the time and the space and the freedom to read. So, you know, kind of set them up in a little, you know, alcove with a nice cushy chair and say, hey, you know, as long as you're here, you know, here's the books you want to read and here's where they're going to be sitting. And anytime you come to the library, come and grab this book. And, you know, we can be yeah. subversive <laughs> if we need to. Um, Thank you for like taking my little joke scenario and actually giving a sincere like uh, remedy to it because <laughs> you're good at your job, Stacey. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, so um, kind of transitioning back into something a little more personal. What is your current favorite author or genre? Well, I have been obsessed with Neil Gaiman for yeah, about a decade and a half now. <laughs> unfortunately i mean he's been really popular other people are starting to you know find out that he exists so i'm not this you know lone you know fan girl going we and they're like <laughs> who are you talking about now people actually know who i'm referring to uh, i first ran across neil gaiman in my was a library up in minnesota my boss was trying to develop a, a YA collection, and she bought the Sandman graphic novels for the YA collection. And I read them. I'm like, hmm, that's more of an adult collection. But, um, but that's where I first read them. And it was about that time where, he, when he published Coraline, he did a um, book club on MPR, not NPR, but M for Minnesota Public Radio. And I talked my boss into going down there to see him live. And she was so creeped out by that book. Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with Coraline. It's been made into a, a stop-motion animation movie. Yeah, um, I've seen There's that. a th thing where they're in this other world, and people have buttons for eyes. And uh, it kind of creeps people out. And Neil himself said there are two people that read that book. They're, um, well, the children read it, and they're reading a book about a girl having an adventures, and they have faith in the author that she's coming out of this you know okay when an adult reads that book they are reading about a child in danger and so the parents tend to get a lot more creeped out by some of those books than the kids do oh yeah i'm sure yeah and so like i say seeing him live about there i've been obsessed with you know his writing and his work ever since and he's so prolific in so many different directions too all right stacy well thanks for joining us today i do have one more question for you uh, what are you currently reading so recently we went on a road trip, and we like to do audiobooks, my husband and I, when we travel, and I got him listening to the Dresden Files, and so our last car trip, I think we were up to book 10. Um, yeah, he's, there are 17 books in that, and that's Urban Fantasy, about a wizard who happens to be named Harry, no relation to Potter, and uh, <laughs> you know, he's a, a wizard for hire in Chicago. So it's a good urban fantasy. I think that's where the similarities, like, definitely yeah. end. Yeah, Wizard Named Harry, that's it. And they're very different books. But uh, very, very good. They, he's been writing them for years now. And I've read through them, and it's fun to go back and actually listen to them on audio. Cool. I uh, My first exposure to uh, Harry Dresden was when they made the sci-fi show, The Dresden Files. Yeah, uh, here. Yeah. Cringing. She, uh, um, she, she made the face like she just ate something very sour and that's very understandable because it wasn't that great of a show and it actually prevented me from reading the source material oh, for a long time okay. but i did start up a few years ago i'm on book four right okay. now okay. Uh, it's, it's wonderful it's amazing i i 
definitely missed out on it. Yeah. Oh, and I think a few of the books are actually in graphic novel form, and there's a cooperative game, board game, that was like a really good Kickstarter. Oh, okay. And you get to be the different characters from the book, and so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Stacy. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us and our various guests this week. If you would like to share your own favorite memories of books, you can email us at podcast at evpl.org. So thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time. At Check It Out with EVPL. <laughs>